Hey, what's up? This is Ken Susie from the band on Earth, and before you watch my rig rundown with Premier Guitar, ask yourself the question, why are so many great artists moving over to Fishman Fluence? If you want to find out, check the link below. Right on. What's up? This is Perry with Premier Guitar. Uh, we got Ken Susie today from Unearth. I've been waiting to do this one for a long, for a long time because Ken has uh, really stepped up his internet game and he's, he's, he's demoing a lot of gear, he's playing a lot of stuff, and he's trying a lot of new stuff and I really appreciate that. So Ken, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey Perry, thank you very much, man. It's awesome to be here. I'm a huge fan of, of, of everything that you guys do. You guys have always been super kind to my band, so it's an honor to be here. Let's start from the beginning. You have a signature ESP7, um, and I think I read they started making a six version of it just because so many people were requesting it, right? Yeah, let me let me show it to you. Um, I got this cool guitar. It's the KSM7, and uh, it's like my little Silver Surfer guy. Uh, let me just uh, be able to see my guitar. But yeah, it's 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 great. It's a uh, mahogany body, uh, ebony fretboard, maple top. Uh, all the things that I really wanted. Um, I had a signature before this, which was a quilted maple version. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a little bit of my screen in there, but it was a quilted maple version, and it sounded cool and stuff, but I really, really liked the thickness of the M body. Uh, it, it was just like totally, totally, like it feels like a man's guitar, and I've put it up and I've <laughs> A-beat it against like other guitars that you know, don't have the Evertune in it, and it sounds really, really damn good. And, you know, when designing the guitar, I wanted to make sure that it was very clean, so if somebody wanted to, you know, buy the guitar, they wouldn't have to deal with like anything other than my signature on the back. Um, but yeah, it, it, this guitar is like, it's funny. Like so many people ask me like, Oh, you get, you know, ESP guitars and, and all this other great stuff. But you know, do you use them? Do, do they make you special guitars? And I'm like, I play legitimately what is off the line. And, um, this guitar is like, this is like the greatest thing ever for me. I, I just love all the aesthetics that are on it. Yeah, I, I love the like the almost super strat kind of look, but with the practicality of the Evertune and that's just so rad, man. I, 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 do, do, does it currently come in any of the other color options or just silver for right now? Let me reach over here because you're probably seeing it in the background. I oh, wish baby. it came in this color, but um, I did another version of this uh, and they were kind of dead set against it, but I made them uh, use Dayglow paint, which they don't normally do. But this is also, um, it's the same version of my guitar, but just in Desert Sun Yellow. But this is an actual ESP ESP. Fret, sure. fret dots, the whole nine. I put a Floyd Rose on it and Strat knobs on it just because it was more appropriate. Um, I love Evertune, and I use it on basically everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, I use it on basically everything. So, um, you know, the thing about the Evertune is when I got one, I didn't think it was going to work. And um, I remember they sent me an ESP that had it, and I was saying to myself, I'm going to play this until, like, either the strings break or the guitar goes out of tune. And sure enough, I lasted three weeks on a tour, and uh, I started breaking strings when they were rusty. But it, it held tune perfectly, and I was, at that point, I was really sold. Cosmos, uh, the owner, is literally one of the greatest guys ever. And um, I'm really, really, uh, you know, honored that they 
you know, that they would like, you know, give me bridges for free and, and, you know, obviously endorse me and, and the relationship I've built with them over the years has just been so great. Yeah, man, those things are mind blowing. Just out of curiosity with a big ass chunk of mahogany like that and the Evertune, um, how, how much does it weigh? Is it, is it like, L, you know, LP territory or, uh, about 50 pounds. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know how much it weighs. Um, let's just say this. It's, it's comfortable. It's, I mean, I play, I grew up playing Ibanez's my whole career and, uh, they make a great guitar. Let's just say that it's probably the same weight as an RG, if not a little bit, a little bit heavier, but, um, but I gotta say, I was really worried about like the amount of wood this takes out and in some guitars there is some effect to that sometimes people like it when you take out a little bit of wood you know and it, it gives it like a thinner tone but for me um i really wanted as much wood as possible and some guys put this little you know the arch here whatever they call that the uh the the arch top the or the scoop yeah. yeah i wanted it flat just because i wanted to maintain as much wood and um, as I could, and the cool thing is, is Joel from Killswitch has a great comparison signature. And um, when I was writing the new record, I tried one and uh, and I put this up against it and I thought it was like pound for pound. I mean, they both have Fluence pickups, so they sound great, but uh, they sounded really good together. So if someone was worried about the Evertune sound, making the guitar sound weird, I think my guitar, I designed this specifically. So, you know, you got, you maximized, you know, the amount of wood on the guitar and the tone and all that other good stuff. So you kind of maintain the resonance with, and still have that the bridge. Another cool thing about uh, your signature and spe specifically is that the price point is pretty low, man. If you wanted to buy an Evertune bridge and have it installed on a guitar and take it to a shop, you know, it's a bit of an investment. And your guitar, I mean, what is it? I think it MSRP was like, what, 15, 1600 It's bucks? like 1500 bucks. And obviously with Fluence and the Evertune, uh, you know, it makes the guitar a little bit more expensive. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's it's amazing because you're getting so much more out of the guitar. Like, if you were to grab another guitar with said other company's pickups and, and no Evertune, like, I would guarantee you that this guitar would trump that in, so in like, sonic quality and uh, built-in craftsmanship. Um, I mean, I was really particular about the neck profile and um, how much material, uh, uh, whatever they call it, polyurethane or whatever they put on the back of the neck. So I was really, really conscious of like the guitar looking, feeling and sounding good. And ESP always nails it. And everyone over there is super professional and always like uh, Todd Binder over there is really awesome. So uh, he totally gets it. Yeah, we uh, had Chris Keys and I, the other uh, premier guitar guy, had the opportunity to go to Tokyo to take a look at their custom shop. And man, like their attention to detail kind of was mind boggling. It almost puts us to shame. It made, it made me feel like America was a third world country, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of guys that, that do that. I mean, ESP is definitely one of them. They, they take really good care of me and every, all the guitars they've ever built me feel really good and and you know when i made the move over from my everyone knows me as an ibanez guy prior to that um you know when i moved over i always i i really always liked rosewood but um i always i never knew why i liked the ebony fretboard but once i like grabbed an esp i was like oh yeah this feels the way i want it to feel so ebony you know having that ebony fretboard was just great at that time for me you know obviously there might be a slight tonal difference but is there anything that you could articulate that would be the difference between the rosewood and the ebony is it because I, I, I feel like ebony is just a little faster for some reason i don't know why it, it is it's like less e sticky yeah you're totally right like ebony ebony feels a little bit faster when you're playing it and smoother 
uh, just a touch. Uh, it, but I also feel it has like a bit of that more like spank. It gives it a little bit more of a brighter tone, just a tiny bit. So uh, that was important to me. And I and I listen like when you play like I, I learned how to play guitar on an Ibanez guitar, and it's the only guitar I had all the way up until I signed with ESP. So I didn't I didn't I didn't really know any better. Um, but then once I grabbed an ESP, I was like, yeah, like okay, this is cool. And um, I love I never knew I loved the H style body as much as I did until I picked one up. One last question about the Everton before we move on to other details, but um, are you locking like say the top three or four strings and then leaving the bottom open so you can bend and solo and stuff? Cause I've noticed that you don't get a lot of bend out of that sucker when it's, when it's hunkered down. Um, the way I do my guitar is very unique and I'll show my guitar again. So when I uh, string a guitar, which I just string this and I literally didn't even stretch the strings out. So this is going to be a great little exercise. When I do this, I tuned the string to the stop where it like doesn't bend anymore. So we're, we're tuned to drop B. So my highest, my highest string is F sharp. And then this string right here is an F sharp, right? And these two are B. So, um, what ends up, ha and these are nines, right? So what I do is I, I tune it. So it's in the non bend mode. Then I start turning the keys until we get to the point where, okay, this is just about to bend but I don't, I don't go any further. Then I fine tune it with the Allen key, get it right with the tuner, and then just start touching this to that breaking point. And from there, it will play like a normal guitar. So I'll show you right now. So as you can wow. see, while I'm playing, it you can't. It feels like a normal guitar, and it is a normal guitar. Right, and it goes right back. That's wild. So many people, yeah. So many people, are like I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out, and I'm like, yeah, it, you're just not doing it right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is super handy. Obviously, that's got to save you a ton of time on the road. Just yeah. pull your guitar out of the case, and it's in tune. That's great. Well, let me add to that. So I use uh, Spurzel locking tuners on the top. Uh, not on this guitar, just because my, my guitar is currently being worked on in, uh, in California at ESP. But what I'll say is I string the strings through, I lock it, and just crank it until I hear it in tune. And then I cut the strings, and then I literally like do my little thing. But my, my time, especially with the Spurs L's, um, cut, like I cut down like so much time changing strings. I could I like buzz to see me change a string on stage. You know, like I'll just throw a string in and do this and then it's already in tune. That's the, that's the other thing I really like is once these, these guitars are kind of set up with the Evertune, you could break a string and let's just say in a pinch, you like run a string through it real fast and tighten it and turn it. Like you're literally back in tune pretty quickly or, or really, really that close. That almost sounds like magic. <laughs> Dude, I'm so all about I've never magic. owned a guitar with an Evertune. Is it like a complicated system of springs and shit in the back or yeah yeah there's a lot of springs in the back and it's a whole spring-based system i couldn't tell you how it works but um it's a fascinating design i wish they made a uh, lower profile one where uh you know there's the, it takes up less real estate in your guitar but um other than that i'm like i record my records with them uh it just sounds great is there any learning curve when palm muting on that bridge because it is kind of a hunk you know um Oh, thanks for calling me a hump. No, uh, no, it's it, it works great. Like, I'll show you again.
I mean, it works just fine. It, it's, it, it feels right on your hand. So it just feels just like a normal guitar when you're palm eating? Yeah, it feels absolutely like a normal guitar. Nothing is different. I wouldn't play it if it wasn't, like, if it didn't feel right. And you're, I'm even such a stickler. Back when I used to play the Floyd Rose uh, uh, bridges on the Ibanezes, I used to uh, block the bridge. So, because, like, I always used to, like, you know, lean my hand hard on them, especially when I wasn't really using a whammy, so I used to block them. So I was very particular for many years on how I would rest my hand while I was playing. And um, once I moved over to Evertune, like, all was forgotten. It was, it was, you know, it worked. It was just great. <laughs> that rules, man. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to something. Um, let's move on to the pickups because, man, right now, the passive active argument on guitar forums and stuff is all over the freaking place. And hey, I might get shredded for this in the comments, but I fucking love an 8185 set, dude, or 89 even. Like, I think they're great pickups. I don't mind the way they sound, especially for high gain applications. I feel like they're very, very concise, uh, especially, you know, compared to like, you know, a JB or just a regular old humbucker. And I've heard people say that the fluence is like, well, it's, it's kind of active or it is active or it's not active. And I know, you know, yours have like a, a passive mode. So maybe you could explain that to me because I'm kind of lost on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of people don't understand, but I'm, I'm really glad you guys took the time to, you know, ask me to be on here. And I'm not going to give you my Ken Susi, you know, Fishman sales pitch. I'm going to be genuinely like I'm going to be genuine with you about this. So when I when I actually first tried Fluence, I remember sitting down and I was just like I was playing 81 85 for my whole career. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of great they make a lot of great pickups like EMG made them over the years and there's a lot of great like a legacy attached to that. And they're they're a great company. But I remember sitting down playing Fluence and I was like, "Wow, this sounds exactly like what I want my 81 85 to sound like." And, and and especially me being a seven string player, I always felt like there was a weird like degra degradation from, um, you know, from, you know, the six string to the seven string to the seven string to the eight string. I don't feel like they were they were tuning their pickups um, like the six string because I would hear so many six strings that sounded better than my seven string and so on and so forth. So that was my personal opinion. But when I met Larry Fishman and he went through the design of how Fishman, like the Fishman Fluence worked and how it was different from other pickups, that blew my mind. Like just the story and, and when you really think about it, the way the way Fishman works is that, like the Fishman Fluence pickups work is that there's, you know, for the past 80 years, people have been like taking, a, you know, a, a pickup like a bobbin and just winding copper around it, right? So when do you do that? There's a lot of inconsistencies, right? It's like literally like when you're, you know, put it into production. Say you wind one that's perfect and you hand it off to production. You say, well, make this a million times, right? But what ends up happening, it's like, it's like me asking you to tie your shoes a thousand times the same way, right? So there'd be times at Fishman where, you know, we have a shuttle guitar where we'd pull pickups in and out. We would line up like EMGs or Seymour Duncans. And like, when I say all of them varied, like, I mean, they all sounded different. Right. Wow. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, like this was that was the moment that changed my life. Like I was saying to myself, these pickups are all over the place. Now I'm starting to think about times when I was in the studio with the producer and I'm handing him basically the same Ibanez guitar like S series or RG or, or, you know, my, you know, whatever it was. And they would be like, this guitar sounds like this. Oh, this guitar sounds like that. And they're like taste. The producer was taste testing the the pickups, you know, sorry, the guitars. 
And I realized I would say to myself, like, here's 25 guitars that supposedly to my producer sound like shit. And like this one is the great one. And then I would just basically throw all the guitars in a closet and forget about them, even though they're thousands of dollars. So it wasn't necessarily the guitar's fault. It was the pickups, the inconsistency of the pickups inside them. So when I met Larry Fishman, he showed me the uh, Fishman Fluence technology, which was a 48 layer thinly sliced precision coil that was like made from some you know, aerospace company, but Larry turned it into a pickup and it gave me no, it was completely noise canceling. It was completely quiet, multi-voiced. Like when I say multi-voiced, you know, when I hit a switch on my guitar, it would go from active to passive or some passive tone to another passive tone independently, like, like soldering a guitar, you know, a pick pickups into a guitar. So I'm saying to myself, this is incredible. And then like the other part was the consistency. Larry would like, you know, task me with like, here's, you know, production just made these. Here's like 15 sets of pickups. Just throw them in the shuttle guitar and listen to them. And when I say that there was no difference in that tone, I mean, because Fishman has such a high quality control that their magnets kind of fit into the same spot and the coil is just set and it never, and it never leaves that like perfect winding. Like every time you hit the switch, it changes windings, but that precision coil always stays the same. I'm like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing in the pl uh, in the whole planet. So that's what really attracted me to, to, to Fishman. And at the beginning, a lot of people were like, oh dude, it's like a Kemper for your guitar. And I'm saying, no, it's not. Like this is like the technology that's in your pickups right now is so old. It's like me saying like, this is, you know, you have a tube television, right? From the eighties. And you're like, well, that tube television has so much character and like if you go and touch it, you know, like give you a spark or something, you know, whatever. It just looks cool. And you're like, yeah, that is cool. But when you see a high def television, you're like, oh my God, like, I, you know, I could see the pimples on people's faces. Fluence does that. There's a lot of naysayers out there about uh, active technology or whatever they want to call it. I don't necessarily, you know, I, can, I don't necessarily chalk Fishman up as an active pickup per se. It's in my opinion, it's a powered pickup because it needs power in order to run this perfect coil. Other than that, it's completely analog and it's <laughs> it's an experience. <laughs> That's wild. You know? So speaking of powered, and then we'll move on. But how is it powered? Is it powered through your instrument cable, or do you charge it? Well, let me go through. Let me like show you what my guitar does. Um, and mind you, I literally pulled this out of an ESP box. They sent this to me, so it doesn't have the battery pack on it. But I'll show you one of the battery packs. But the way my guitar is set up, and when I talk about like multi-voiced pickups, this is a, a modern pickup set, right? Fluence Modern seven-string set in nickel. Basically, the way this is voiced is that you have the down position is in its active mode, which it sounds like an active pickup. In voice two, when you pull this up, uh, it is a kind of like a passive, an aggressive passive mode, like a hot rotted, you know, a hot rotted pickup, but it's very passive. I would say it's very similar to like what Dimebag played, but just way more tear your face off. So then um, you have a high frequency tilt that I don't have hooked up in this guitar. It's a cool little feature because when you're doing records and stuff like that, it just knocks off some of the top end on your guitar tone. And sometimes like when you're trying to blend with a snare drum, you would pull it and it takes off a little top end on your guitar and your guitar might just fit in with the, the snare a little bit better. Right. That's, that's what, that's my application, but it's very, very, very hard to hear. You're, you're, it's like, if you buy a set of fluence, you might just like 
you know, know what you like and set it up that way and forget it. But this right here is pretty interesting. There's a lot of companies that, you know, put out a lower gain, a lower gained version of an active pickup and they try to sell you on it. So, you know, for instance, you got EMGs and then you get EMGX. Totally cool. Two cool pickups, right? This has a negative six dB gain reduction. So when you're playing in the down position, the active sound, I put this on my guitar because if you want a, a, a lesser output active sound, you just flick this up and then you got it right there. Oh, that's rad. Going over to this guitar real quick. Um, the best part about the power, you could use a nine volt with these pickups. This is a uh, same thing, modern black nickel. But um, you can use these pickups with a nine volt, but I don't like nine volts personally because um, you know there'll be a, a number of times that I'm on stage and I'm playing in front of like 40,000 people and I'm saying to myself, like, did I change my battery? Like, you know what I mean? My guitar tone feels a little weird and it just ruins your show. Fishman invented this really cool thing in the back. It's uh, the universal battery pack. And what that does is you basically plug it in. There's a lithium ion battery. It gives you 200 plus hours of charge time. But the coolest part about this is that it gives you nine hours of, sorry, nine volts throughout the duration of when it's working. So in that 200 hours, it's always outputting nine volts. And when it gets to 10 hours less than that, at the 10 hour mark, like when you, you know, where your battery's about to die, this little light right here starts uh -huh. flashing, but you still have 10 hours to charge your battery at that point. All right, well, I think that covers your SIG at least. Um, I know you're, you know, I've known you as an Ibanez guy from, you know, back in the day. Are you still playing any of those or is it mostly ESP stuff? I play all ESP stuff and I was, um, let me show you a cool guitar. So I was like literally um, playing some like old school Ibanez Roadstars and stuff. I still have a cool Ibanez collection, but um, you know, through its popular demand and all that other stuff, um, ESP basically called me up one day and they were like, yo, like we want to put your guitar as a six string. There's so much, there was such a need for it. So they put it out um, as a six string model. And uh, it's been totally, it's been selling really well. And now I just basically play this whenever I need a six string. I've seen Unearth play fuck, more times I've seen my own dad, dude. I grew up in Syracuse. So there was a time where like, I saw you guys play twice a month at least, you know. Um, and I've seen you play in all manner of amps, you know, old 5150 block letter. I've seen you play, I think the, you know, the Fender EVH3. Um, what, what, what are you working with now? Okay, if you could see here, they're like, let me, let me give you the story. These are all the amps that I'm kind of like taste testing. So my, the history of Unearth is we've always been like a 5150 Mesa Boogie Cab band, right? Um, it's just the old school 5150s, the signatures or block letter. Um, it was just one of those amps that you could always just kind of set and you could be in a foreign country and you wouldn't even have to touch your amp. Like, like you know, you wouldn't have to listen to your amp. You kind of just fire it up and like, you know, set the settings a certain way. But I got to a point where um, just... You know, amp companies sometimes, you know, you, you change your taste, your ears just change. You, you know, you can't really be committed to one thing. But I've kind of come to the conclusion in, in later in, in my life that amps kind of like I'm just like a guy may like, you know, brunettes, right? Like there's only, there's so many brunettes in the world, right? There's so many girls that have dark hair. You, you, you kind of figure out what your type is. And um, for me, it's like I've always liked a 5150 or a Marshall 800. I know those are two drastically different amps, but I like those two amps. So what do I like? I love Soldano's. Uh, I love the EVH stuff, the new stuff. I love Rev. And I love the new Synergy stuff. 
and I love VHT gear. I've always loved that stuff. So when you think about those amps, you say to yourself, well, some of those lean more Marshall than, you know, than 5150, and some of them lean more 5150 than Marshall. So it depends on what your ears, you know, what you want out of your tone. So I've kind of narrowed it down to just like three amps that I've been playing live, and I just rotate them. Um, it's the uh, EVH 5150 Stealth. Uh, absolutely. I use the 6L6. Uh, they're going to be sending me uh, the EL34 version. I really want to try that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really love the Synergy stuff. Their new Soldano module is absolutely amazing. Um, the SLO module, I'm, I'm in love with it. And I use that through um, a, a 51, uh, sorry, a um, Fryet power amp 292 for live. In the studio, I run everything through a VHT 2150, which is basically the Fryet uh, classic, I think he calls it. Um, it's a it's a monstrous power amp. And um, the last head is Rev. I love Rev. Uh, the 100P, I have that behind me too. And that leans a little more Marshall, uh, but it's definitely, it's it's an exciting uh, uh, Man, I, I got to agree with you. Oh, a, a couple of points. First and foremost, if you guys don't know about uh, Synergy amps, it's kind of a cool um, idea. They're basically like plug and play module preamps. Um, so, you know, technically if you had a big enough uh, dock, you could have, you know, uh, an Ubershawl, uh, SLO 100, whatever, all in one, and then, and then power it with a power amp. Super interesting. And then on to Rev, man, Derek is doing some really cool stuff over there with the, with the two notes, cab IRs and stuff. It's like, man, a lot of dudes are like, well, I only want to play real amps. It's like, all right, well, here you go, asshole. <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, that's that's where everybody gets. You get to the point where like some people think digital amps are great, and it works for some people. Like, Animals as Leaders does a great job with using the Axe Effect stuff, and the Axe Effect stuff's great. Um, but you know what it comes down to is, I want to know that I'm playing a man's amp, and when it and then when it sounds awesome on stage, if I have to get like a you know not every miking environment is great backstage, and uh, you know setting up ISO cabs and all that stuff is a pain in the ass. I love the two notes technology. I'm using two notes to just send the, the, you know, it's, it's basically like the cab setup that I have here at my studio and it goes right to the front house every night. And I know that I have a consistent sounding guitar tone going out to the house, but on stage I'm cranking a real amp and pushing air. It's nothing better than that. All right. So I, beyond on earth for, for those of you guys that follow Ken, he's got a couple of different musical endeavors. Um, not all like super high gain metal either. So like if, un well, obviously because of COVID it isn't a possibility, but if, if Unearth was going to go on tour tomorrow, what would you be taking? The Synergy? Uh, I'd be taking some, uh, <laughs> I'd be taking whatever that mo medication is that gets rid of COVID. Hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, I, since I just got the Synergy stuff, uh, the last tour I just did was uh, we went out with Guar. Um, I just took out the EV, uh, the EVH stuff and that sounded amazing. Uh, Warp Tour, I just took out the Rev stuff. Uh, so I just got the Synergy stuff all dialed in. So I would probably take that out right now just to see how it performs live. And I'm already loving it here. So, um, yeah, I'd probably take that out. I mean, the Synergy stuff, let's be realistic. You, you either have to be a full-time touring musician or independently, you know, financially good 
to have a, a full setup of a Synergy, you know? I mean, obviously you could afford a preamp and a, and a power amp probably, but man, like they offer a lot of different stuff. Like at NAMM this year, I heard the Steve Vai module and it honestly, that and the SLO module were like, whoa, okay, okay. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Well, I have, yeah, I was gonna say, I have a legit SLO XR X88R. It's a purple faced, um, S, uh, it's like, I don't know, it's it's unobtainable. Like that, that power amp's so hard to find, they're worth so much money. And I run that through the 2150, which is like this robust VHT, has KT88s, and it's just like massive sounding. I believe Metallica used to use those back in the, um, you know, Master Puppets or Justice for All Days to basically put every, slave every amp through it. But, um, I'm going to say that, like, I matched that with, like, a Fryette 292 with the Synergy uh, SLO module. And I have a, I have a YouTube, uh, sorry, YouTube uh, review page called uh, Lord of the Rigs. And I did a comparison, side-by-side -side comparison, and they're pretty damn close. I always go into an amp, like, when I'm, when I'm listening to an amp, I'm always ex expecting it not to sound as good as a 5150, because that's the sound I love. I mean, if it's good enough for at the gates, it's good enough for me. So when I do hear something like an SLO, it's like, oh, shit, that is tight. Like, that sounds so good. Well, I'll tell you this, because a lot of people are going to look at my rig. I, the, the, the X88R... It is very has a very specific mod that I did to it, and I called up uh, Mike Soldano years ago, and he did it for me. He literally told me on the phone recently. He's like, I did like one or two of these, and you were one. You know what I mean? You're like the one guy who asked for this. But I asked him. Um, I was hanging out with Joel from Killswitch, and he's like, put a depth switch on, you know, on that power, uh, preamp because he's like, I, on my um, on my SLO head, I have a depth switch. You should ask him if he could do something like that because we were listening, and they didn't sound like exactly like the head. So sure enough, um, I hit up Mike Soldano about that. He put that mod on my 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 X88R. So it was funny. If you don't think Synergy is legit, like they literally, I called them and asked the same thing. I hit up Mike Soldano. They put me in touch with the Synergy guy, who's who's very you know knowledgeable about those modules, and he put that depth switch in there for me. So I have something that no one has right now, but I'm gonna say we, even without it, it's amazing. But um, yeah, I asked for a little bit more, like you know rumble on the low end oh. and it's kind of like what you know soldano had years ago last question about amps before we move on um what specifically about the rev amp made you play that on warp tour as opposed to you know the evh or the well, obviously you didn't have the synergy yet but was it the, yeah was it the the two notes technology um no no i mean i have a, a separate uh two notes uh torpedo live so it didn't really matter what I used. Um, I really, I, I had a, a rack case, like a, a big time rack case that had two, you could fit two heads in it. So I took the EVH out and I took the rev out. So I told myself, all right, I'm going to give half the time to the rev and half the time to the EVH. And I found myself playing the rev a lot. Um, it just had kind of more of a, like a marshally kind of thing happening to it. And for that outdoor kind of venue thing, I liked it better. But I'm not saying that I like it in all applications better than the EVH because the EVH sounded amazing too. It was just certain days I just wanted a little bit more top end, martially top end, uh, and that's what Rev kind of gave me. Even though it's a, it's you know it's a modern sounding amp, and Marshalls can't sound like the Rev, but it just it like I just was always thirsting for that like modern amp with that martially kind of top, and that's what that does really well. And the EVH worked in a different way. Uh, I always play with a, a overdrive pedal, and 
you know, I didn't have to put the overdrive pedal on with the EVH. It had enough gain. So, um, it, yeah, I just, both amps were really great, but I, I just, you know, I'd use the rev probably a little bit more, but the EVH was unbelievable as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm like you, I, I love an 800 straight up, but I, I feel like the rev amps that I've played almost have like a cleaned up 800 vibe. Like, uh, Andy from every time I die taught me this, uh, years ago, an 800 with, with, a um, a tube screamer, but just like barely on will really make that amp like, uh, I don't know. It does that zip, that like chainsaw kind of gain that I like, you know? And, um, I noticed that you also, you're a Maxon 808 guy, right? Which is. Yeah. So Maxon is a huge part of my sound. Uh, Kevin down there at Maxon, literally, you know, he and I don't talk often, but it's only because I'm incredibly happy. And, uh, you know, when we see each other, it's always like, hey, how you doing? You need anything? I'm like, no, no, I'm totally good. I love the 808. The OD808 is like literally, I don't know. It's just it's just the pedal. I put it in a back upside down V and tone straight up in the middle, and it just sounds perfect. So combined with that, and I use MXR, uh, the noise clamp pedal. I really, really like the noise clamp pedal for gate. Um, that's really all that I'm putting in front of my amp. Recently, uh, Unearth started experimenting with some tuning, so I've been using that Digitech drop pedal. What is it about the Maxon 808? Because like everybody makes a tube screamer. There's fucking 800 different tube screamers. Like, what is it about the Maxon? Because I've heard a lot of dudes be like, "No, nah, it's got to be." I like. The, I prefer the Maxon. Well, the the Maxon was, I believe, the company that invented or worked with uh, Ibanez during the period where they were making the golden age of the Ibanez. Uh, tube screamer, right. right? So I know that there was some type of disagreement. I think there was some like, you know, chip disparities or whatever was going on with the chip inside of it. But either way, what the Maxon does for me that I like is that it's, it adds just the, just the right amount of compression to just kind of squash the amp a little bit in the low end and make the low end like focused. But it takes away enough of the flubby low end that just kind of smushes it a little bit. And not having it on very much just gives you that really tic-tac-y, you know, aggressive, uh, uh, like, like, you know, mosh part chugginess. Um, not in all amps though. I mean, sometimes I take it off. Like, as I said, with the EVH, it has a bunch of like gain on it. So, and it's kind of voiced, right. The amp itself. So you don't necessarily have, it's kind of have, it's compressed in the right ways, but, um, Maxon makes a bunch of other overdrives that are really great too. Sometimes when I'm in the studio, um, there's this like really thick one. I can't remember what it's called. There's a T there's a T nine. I use a lot. I think that's in my rack now. The OD 808 I use a lot. And there's another fatter one. Um, I always, when I make a record, I try each one of them out just to see with whatever amp I'm playing with, if it agrees with it or not. And, um, yeah, I just kind of taste test overdrive pedals. Are you using a ton of different effects or you're literally just using the max on and a noise gate? Uh, I use the Axe, I use, uh, Axe effects. Uh, a little bit uh, just just as an ex for effects as you said like here and there um, I jumped over to Kemper for a minute before the two notes technology was a thing and um, it didn't really work for me it's cool that people like it but it never really felt like a real it never really felt like a real amp for me um, and going through a cab it doesn't sound great for me um, so once I found the two note stuff it really changed my life as far as effects goes I am all about eventide I really, really, really love the H9. That is in my rig uh, for Europe, the H9 pedal. I'm also going to put a second one in this rack rig that I'm going to show you and take that with me too. But right now I'm using the, uh, it's called the Eclipse. It's a rack mount version of 
well, it's the rack. It's one of the one U rack mount versions that they make, but it's totally equipped with like all the sounds that I need. But the H9 is just so awesome because I could die. I like I could be on stage, go into an app, just kind of like move some things around and presets and like move delays around and reverbs and courses, and my tone's just always solid. And with Unearth, we don't really play to any. We don't play to tracks per se. I mean, we do like Nick plays to a click. And we have a couple like sounds and bass drops and a couple like third guitar rhythm po- stuff that pops up in our mix. But uh, for the most part, we I use that as a channel switcher. Like uh, I send a MIDI cable into my H9 and my H9 just keeps changing patches as I play. So I never have to, you know, worry about my drunk singer stepping on my pedal board like an ox. You know, I like my least favorite thing in the world is like playing and then my singer comes over and smashes like my pedals, and then next thing you know, I'm on a clean tone, trying to riff. You know, it sucks. I, wow, I never even <laughs> considered the H9 for switching patches during a set. I mean, because it does so much shit, it, you'd almost need like a college course to really learn the thing inside and out because it's so in depth. Yeah, with MIDI, with MIDI, anything that spits out MIDI notes, uh, it'll also take in MIDI notes. So um, I just I like the H9 because it's just a simple pedal. It's small. And you plug right into it, and you know I set it, you know my patches one through whatever, and uh, yeah, as the set goes, it just changes, and it's it's like, oh my god, I used to, I think I used to pay my guitar tech to like sit there and press buttons. So now that that's over with, my life is just so much better. So do you just program it to the click that your drummer is playing for the scene changes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once it gets to a certain part in the song, you know we use Ableton. So Nick uses Ableton almost like as a playlist. He plays the song, um, and then the MIDI kind of just triggers as as we get to those points in the song. Hey, that's easy enough. That rules. <laughs> one less th- one less thing to think about. Yeah, I can time out my delays. I can you know have different lead tones for certain things. I can put filters on my guitar during other parts. So it's just. I mean, I know that like on Earth is kind of a barbaric band where we just kind of rock and play and jump off amps and stuff. But the cool part is, is what you're getting is, you know, we put a lot of effort into our show. Yeah, that's totally, it's an absolutely noble cause, man. I like it. And if, and if I could name drop one other thing, um, I absolutely love Ernie Ball Strings. Uh, I know that this is kind of a weird plug, but I got to say, um, I was playing a different string company for a very long time. And then I met Tim Dove and he changed my life. These uh, Paradigm nine through 42 with a low i play with the low 56 literally changed my life i've never had such a great time playing guitar strings up until i just recently found these about a year or a year ago whatever but uh ernie ball is literally the shit well hell yeah dude this has been great um before i let you go let's hear let's let's a b these amps man i know people are going to want to hear that synergy um and hear that rev obviously um and then maybe compare it to something like your EVH because that's something that people are pretty familiar with. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play uh, you know, three different three different passes of a riff, the same riff on the Synergy SLO. I'm going to move it over to the Rev and I'm going to move it over to the EVH. And all of them are going to have the same setup except for the EVH where I'm going to click off the overdrive pedal. Now, the important thing to that I want you to understand is that tone is subjective. It's I, I, the last thing I want in the comment section of this video is for people to be like, you know, cork sniffing and saying one amps better than the other. I, I gotta say I've given these amps an equal playing field, but it's like in your hands and what you're expecting out of a tone that what matters. So my goal is for you to just hear these amps and understand that I personally think that these are all great amps 
and uh, just just enjoy what I'm what I'm gonna do, and you guys listen for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, Ken, man, that was that was a blast. I'm I'm glad you took the opportunity to sit down and talk with us. Um, I feel like I learned a lot in this rig rundown, so I really appreciate it, man. Uh, listen, anytime I get an opportunity to hang out with you guys, it's always great for me. So I I had such a blast. Uh, it's great to let everybody come in and see my rig and check out my amps and stuff. And it's just been an honor being a part of this. And you guys have been super kind to my band, and I can't thank you enough. Hey, we like your band a lot. Hey, um, before I let you go, why don't you tell everybody where they can go online um, to find out more about, because you have developed quite the online presence as a guitar dude, so uh, maybe give it a little plug. All right, let's do, let's do, the, let's do the real plug right now. So uh, in the bottom right-hand corner, you're going to see that I do a YouTube page called Lord of the Rigs. Do me a favor, head over, like and subscribe to my page. Set your notifications so you don't miss anything out. I just re I just uh, interviewed Buzz McGrath from my own band, uh, John Berklin from the Bad Wolves. I'm gonna have so many other cool people show up, but I also do like weekly rig rundowns or I show off plugins. This week I'm gonna show off a plugin called Sonable. It's a it's a like a smart EQ where it EQs tones. You know, just it it EQs for you actually. So it's like mind blowing stuff. So please show up to the Lord of the Rigs page. That's where you can find me, unearth, you know, unearth, you know my band, you can find me on Instagram, Ken Susie. but I also have a grunge band coming out called Swivel. You can find us on Instagram. We have a record coming out. Mark Lewis just mixed it, and it's pretty kick-ass. If you like grunge, you'll be into it. Right on, and obviously, guys, if you don't already, please subscribe to the Premier Guitar YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that happy horse shit, and thanks so much for watching. Love you guys. Later.